0: Welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast and create some terms. Hello and welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast.
1: I'm your host, Jonathan Gallegos, here with... Jeff Rappaport. And today, guys, we're going to be talking about subject to deals. Um, And Jeff, tell us why you wanted to talk about this today.
2: I think that that subject to is very popular with people. People are very familiar with it and they're comfortable using it. Uh, There aren't a lot of rules with it, so that makes it kind of simple to use, but I think there's some things that you need to be aware of, and I'll talk about when I like to use it, I think when it's most common to use it, and probably when not to use it, and uh, hopefully you'll get a little better idea that this is just one of the tools rather than the only tool as far as owner finance or creative financing goes. Yeah.
1: And subject twos seems to be the most popular creative financing strategy out there. Um, I think it's, it's definitely more wide widely known. Um, and it's probably implemented more than anything else I would think. I would think Um, so too. So it's always a great topic and I know it's been one of our popular, um, podcasts, uh, in the past.
2: Yeah as far as um, people who downloaded it. Yep. Okay. So, w- one of the things that, before we even get into this, when I first got into real estate back in 2000, uh, that's that's basically my business model. I acquired properties that I could buy subject to the mortgage, uh, which if you don't know what subject to the mortgage is, it's basically taking over existing debt. It's The seller deeding you the property, staying on that loan, and giving you the property with the debt that comes along with it. And What I would do is find people that were willing to do that, deed me their property subject to. I would then start making payments on their mortgage, and I would lease option them out. So I would be the owner, because ownership changes hands, subject to. And then I would lease option it out to a new tenant buyer. I'd collect a option deposit. They'd be responsible for all the maintenance and repairs. And uh, at some point in the future, hopefully, they would get a new loan and cash me out. So I'd get paid up front, get paid monthly with a cash flow, and then get paid a third time down the road. Hopefully. Right, and that's that's been a really
1: popular strategy for a long, long time now. It's kind of one of the first ones I heard of. Um, in real estate um so yeah let's let's dive in let's let's start from the top um when would you use a subject to when wouldn't you use
2: a subject to well first of all can we talk a little bit about what it truly is and um what happens when you do use it Uh, kind of break out the component parts of it Yeah. Yeah, okay, so like I said, you're basically buying the property with the debt that's already on it. Yeah, usually and the bank loan that was made to the original buyer. Yeah. Uh, so what happens in this particular situation is that uh, as the buyer, I'm not personally liable for that debt. The seller who signed for that loan, personally guaranteed that loan, is still responsible for that debt. They're transferring that property with the idea that you, the buyer, are going to continue to make payments and keep that loan in good standing until it's cashed out some point in the future. Mm-hmm. If it's not cashed out or it's uh, it goes into default, it you as the the new owner would lose the property, but the seller, the previous seller would be the one that would be on the hook for credit. Uh, you know, any kind of deficiency or um, forgiveness of debt with the IRS, they would have all the the negative consequences that come along with a default. Right. Uh, Okay. When you buy property subject to the, the title transfers, So it would transfer into your name, your entity name, your trust, whatever you decide to do. uh, And that violates the due on sale clause in the underlying mortgage. Right. If the lender were to find out that title had been transferred, that they can call that loan due, which means that, hey, we want to get paid off. We've talked about this many, many times throughout our podcast episodes, and not a huge issue, uh, but certainly something that you need to be aware of, and you need to make the seller aware of, and potentially your buyer aware of if there's a buyer involved. Right. Uh, So those are the the very basics, and it's very simple to use subject to, Uh, you you can take over basically any kind of debt and uh, you know we've talked about contract for deed and sometimes uh, title companies don't like to wrap FHA loans subject to doesn't really matter you're you're just taking over debt and Mm -hmm. that's probably the reason why people like to use it is that there just aren't that many rules with it and as the buyer there's very little risk on your part, right? The one thing that we want everyone to keep in mind is that you are not giving that seller any recourse in case of a default Uh, recourse means that they've been giving some kind of security instrument to secure their note. In reality, what you're doing is saying, I'm giving you a note for the same amount that's owed on the property and you're not getting any money for it, but uh, if I was to stop making payments that you at least have the option of coming and foreclosing on the property and taking it back. Right. And subject to, they don't have any security instrument. They can't force foreclosure. Uh, the best thing that they could try to do is create a legal situation where uh, they say that, you, that you've taken advantage of them and put them in harm's way because of it. Uh, And that's one of the issues that we'll talk about why we want to be careful about doing subject to, because if you did end up in a court, now it's up to a judge to determine your fate. And uh, even though you may have done everything right, as far as subject to goes, it's not necessarily recognized as a way to, to buy and sell property. It's literally a seller saying here, I'm willing to let you deal with this and I'm putting all my faith in your hands and you know, I hope that you'll do what you say you're going to do.
1: Right. And we've talked about in the past, um, and we'll, we'll talk about it again, um, what scenario you should use it and what scenario you should not. Um, so you kind of want to go in that direction now.
2: Yeah. Uh, so there's a couple of times when I absolutely like to use it and we'll give you, we'll go through a couple of examples here in a second. I like to use it whenever I'm dealing with someone that's in default right now. Mm-hmm. So they're behind on payments to whatever degree, uh, maybe has been filed. Maybe a notice of trustee sale's been filed. Maybe none of that's been filed, but they're behind on payments. Correct. Okay. So they're already in the mindset that, hey, I need some help. Um, it is not a hard sell to say, hey, we want to leave that loan in place for whatever length of time that we decide. Um, and th- make sure that we come back to that about de- determining the length of time that we want to leave that loan in place. Let's make sure that we touch on that. Right. Uh, so that... We want to be careful uh, when you're dealing with someone in default that that's kind of like a protected type of um, seller right so uh, back in the last uh, recession when we had the crash that all these rules that depending on your market came out about dealing with people that are in default and so you got to be careful how you deal with them because that they're in a difficult situation and it can be looked upon that maybe you're taking advantage, and they may be somewhat protected. So just be careful. Know what your your rules are in your local area that you're working in. Right. The second the second uh, group that I would I would use subject two with is when they have little to no equity, and uh, where I'm just giving them. Uh, a small amount of money because they don't have much equity in the property and uh, they can be done. We'll just take over the existing debt and again, determine a a term and that's it. It Mm -hmm. will not make sense for, I'm not saying you can never do this, but uh, for the most part, it will not make sense. Let's say that you have a $300,000 house and they owe 200,000 and they want 260 it won't necessarily make sense for you to say well i'll give you ten thousand dollars down and i'll buy the property subject to uh because they're still owed this note you're gonna have to secure that note so that they know they're gonna get paid now i'm not saying that no one will do this there are people that will but i i just don't know To me, I wouldn't structure that as subject to. I would Mm -hmm. structure that as all-inclusive wraparound mortgage, land contract, contract for deed uh, rather than a subject to deal. When the seller has a large amount or even a significant amount of equity still coming to them, I'd prefer to structure it. Anything but subject to the mortgage. Mm-hmm. Uh, subject to the mortgage for me is default or very no, no equity. little equity. Yeah. Okay? Um. And let's talk about the major negative with subject to is that, and we we've already touched on it, is that there is um, no recourse for the seller. So if there was any kind of problem and let's talk about what the potential problems are, because right? there's only really two. Okay. Default. Yeah. So whether it's you or your end buyer it's default up, on yeah, the loan, right? Yep. The second potential issue is, is the term. And, uh, a lot of people like, to go for the the length of the mortgage. So you know, maybe this mortgage is only five years into it and you say, hey, you know, we'll cash it out or refinance it within the next twenty-five years.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That that loan in their name, that that when when a seller agrees to something like that, it's because they have some major issue right now. You know, they need debt relief right now. But in a year from now, two years, three years, five years from now, they're still dealing with that loan on their credit. And it, it may be preventing them from renting a property, buying a property, uh, qualifying for a car, uh, you know that debt's still in their name. And there's nothing showing that they're receiving income to offset it. Right, That can create some issues and now all of a sudden, someone that's very happy that you came into their life and provided them a solution isn't so happy anymore. And those are the two major issues that I see was subject to. And if that seller was to now challenge you in a court of law uh, about whether you took advantage it becomes very yeah. You know, we, we did a episode way back when we first started with Jacks Petty, an attorney locally, and mm-hmm. he talked about his uh, his viewpoint on subject two, and that if you ended up in front of a judge, the judge could think who in their right mind would actually deed a property while their name is still on the loan with no recourse, and hope that this person's going to take care of them for the next three years, five years, 10, 20 years or more. Uh, and that judge may not rule in your favor, even though everything was done in the right way. Right. All because you didn't give them any recourse. You give them recourse. It's like, Hey, that's the decision you made. Uh, you got to live with it now. Right. So, very simple difference that you can create, uh, that will protect you in case of any kind of issue as opposed to just taking it subject to.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Uh, Do do you take subject to, do you ever do any subject to deals?
1: Yeah. um, One of my uh, previous flips, it was a subject to, but I gave the seller recourse. Um, So we did it. So I I did, you know, I, I took it on with the existing debt, but, um, we did an all inclusive trust deed on it just for uh, the
2: same amount of the mortgage.
1: Yeah. For the, sa- Europe, yeah, the same yeah, exact amount. same terms of the underlying debt. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, and I just do that just to kind of cover my, my ass really. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it was a, it was just a flip. So, um,
2: it was short term.
1: Yeah. Seven months is what it yeah. was. Um, and, you know i I could have not given her any recourse, and she would have been just fine with that because it was a short term. and that uh, that's one of the scenarios where um, if it's going to be a flip property and you're the one buying it, um, that's it's okay to do, I think, uh, you know uh, just a straightforward subject to deal without giving recourse because the term or the time frame is so short.
2: I agree. One of the, that, so let, let's talk about when you really should, you know, when when I think it would be okay to do subject to. So short term, so something like a flip, mm-hmm. uh, where it's going to be you know, six months, a year or less. Uh, I think that's perfectly fine. Uh, second would be, you're going to do, you're you're going to stay in the middle. So you're going to do like a lease option or you're going to sell it on terms, but it's going to be shorter term,
1: mm-hmm.
2: a year to maybe three, four, five, maybe tops. Uh, if you're, if you're starting to go longer than that, uh, why not just do what you did and uh, do an all inclusive or a contract for deed that would mirror uh, that underlying loan and all you've done is just give them recourse That that's the only difference
1: yeah correct
2: um, and one of the ways that we will not I, I, I and i'm adamant about this is that i will not wholesale a subject to deal uh we've talked about this before and the reason for it is that now i'm taking that control out of my hands and i'm putting it in someone else's And I'm hoping that, and they may be perfectly competent to handle this payment now, but a year, three, five years from now, things happen. And uh, now if they're in default, the seller comes back to me because I'm the one that negotiated this deal. They may or may not even know the the new buyer and they want want answers because they're not very happy anymore.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm in the middle. And that's the biggest mistake that I see a lot of wholesalers making with subject two deals. Um, and we've talked about this extensively on our show in the past, um, that you should not wholesale a subject to without giving any kind of recourse to the seller. Because again, if they take you to court, like you said, Jeff, the, you know, the judge, the judge is going to favor the person who was in a distressed state when you, the buyer, uh, came along, right?
2: Well, what what do we even do if if I if I get a property subject to and I wholesale it to you, Jonathan, and it's two years later and things have happened in your life, you're not making a payment, and the seller contacts me and says, "Yeah, I was in default and you you brought me current and you know, my credit started to improve, but now I'm getting letters that I'm back in default and uh, you know my life is in a different situation. I can't." I, I can't have my credit ruined again, um, do something about this. I, I can't even do anything for this person. We have no recourse. I right. can call you up and say, Jonathan, give back the property. Uh, th- this isn't going well. And you say, no, 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 I'll get it worked out, whatever. And uh, it never gets worked out. And Now all three of us are going to be in this situation that's not going to end well. Right.
1: Right, and that's a great example. That is a great example of how it could go wrong.
2: Yeah. So let, let's talk about a couple of uh, examples when I like to use subject to, and these are two. One is a deal we're actually doing, one I'm hoping we're gonna go do. Okay. Um, one is on a higher end property, um, and they're in default, and he's behind twenty, thirty thousand $30,000. And uh, the property is probably worth seven fifty, and he owes three forty on a first, and maybe a hundred and seventy on a second. So probably a little over five hundred thousand combined. Mm-hmm. And the house probably needs seventy five to one hundred thousand dollars in work. Not that it's not nice, it's just needs some updating to to be nice. It's in a super good area. Uh, here's something interesting that second mortgage mm-hmm. has not been paid on for 15 years. what? Yeah. So that they've obviously written it off and uh, but it's still attached to the property. And at some point, uh, someone needs to go discount that that note and get that taken out of there. And,
1: and they haven't they haven't uh, nope filed a nothing default on it, huh?
2: Nope. When I talked to the seller about it, the seller said that he was contacted once, probably after they've transferred that loan to some other servicer for pennies on the dollar, <coughs> and they made some offer to get paid for, it might've been 10 cents on the dollar, you know, pay us 14,000 or something and we'll extinguish the debt. Uh, He chose not to obviously, but uh, my guess is there would be very open to taking some money rather than getting wiped out in a foreclosure. Yeah. (laughs) So what the goal would be here would be to do exactly that is to, Give this, bring the loan current, so whatever it is, 25 dollars $30,000, work out something with the seller on their equity because they do want some money out of this deal, uh-huh. and then go discount that second mortgage and take the property subject to the mortgage. Now, if we could have gotten into this property lighter, so there wasn't as much arrears that need to be paid, The seller didn't want as much equity that. um, You said that was, they were in the rears 30, 30, 30 plus they want, I mean, he wants as much as he can get, you know, somewhere between 30 to 75, a hundred thousand dollars. I'm hoping it's more like 40. Um, But now all of a sudden, if you look at how much money we'll have out of pocket, we'd have 30,000 for the arrearage. Uh, let's say forty thousand in equity. Let's say another ten thousand for the discount of the second mortgage, the closing costs, all of that, um, and now we've got repair costs, right? So it wouldn't make any sense to keep, and it's too bad because that underlying mortgage is like two and a half percent interest, um, like fixed conventional. Uh, so it's like the best loan I've I've seen out there. That's um, the first position loan? Yeah, the first position loan. Wow. But there's just no way that we can keep that in place because we can't recoup all of that money that we'll have into this property. So now it becomes more of a flip rather than a buy and hold, uh-huh. uh, which is too bad because I would have loved to have used that underlying loan a little longer term than than yeah. where we're at. But yeah, because of the great that, terms. But that's what will dictate Is how much money, you know, if you can stand leaving that money in the property longer term, then great. Uh, In this case, we won't um, because we'll have, you know, if we put in a hundred grand in work, 30, 70, 80, we'd be into this for like 180,000 and we're not getting our money back out. Even if we don't do the work, we've got 70, $80,000 in the property and uh, we'd have a super hard time just getting all of that money back. We might, but uh, we might not be able to sell it for that 750 mark. Yeah, yeah. But again, that would be more short term, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it's just simple to do. Uh, I could do it the same exact way as contract for deed or all-inclusive trust deed. In this case, I would just do it subject to because it's simple and easy.
1: Yeah. So just to summarize, you would leave that first in place for eight months?
2: I'd probably say on a a property like this, I'd probably say 18 months uh, just because of the the amount of the renovation that it might take longer to sell it. I don't expect that it'll be anywhere near that, but uh, I don't think this seller would be in any major rush to have that loan taken out most likely it would be done within, you know, six to nine months. Yeah.
1: Okay. That makes sense. And then, so you're, you're looking to give them 30 to 40,000 and then bring, bring the first position mortgage current. Right. So another 30,000. So you're hoping to be into it. What? sixty seventy seventy
2: plus the payoff of the second. Yeah. So maybe another 10 ish. So yeah. Yep.
1: Awesome. Okay. Yeah. That's a great example, um, of, uh, of the perfect scenario in which you would use a subject too. Yep.
2: I like Um, it. My second example you'll like even more probably because it's something that we talked about a few episodes ago with, uh, our guest Adam Hall, Mm -hmm. Uh, and something happened to present itself. And, uh, so we already have this property. We'll close on it next week. Uh, a small property like 1,600 square foot home worth like, let's call it 280. And uh, the property is only like 19 years old and just needs, all the flooring is already out of the property. So it needs flooring, maybe some touch up paint and it needs a new roof. Mm -hmm. And so And the roof, you could go right over the top of the shingles. Shingles, yeah. Relayer it. There is a mortgage on the property of about $174,000. is a reverse mortgage. Uh, and uh, the lady that's living in the property is moving to a home. And her relatives are trying to sell this property for her to get her, her equity out. And you know, move on.
1: How'd you find this deal?
2: Um, actually, it was a referral from someone out of state that got this lead, that just knew that we work in this area, and so they referred it to us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what we did is we agreed we're paying two oh six for the property. And what we're going to do is pay them all of their equity. So 32000 approximately up front. Okay. And uh, we're going to take the property subject to the mortgage for six months or so. And uh, what we've told the, the seller, and it's not the seller, it's the seller's uh, niece or something, um that hey if the the bank happens to call you just tell them that you're selling the property that you're you're putting in some work and then you're putting it right on the market and you're going to sell it and that's what we're going to do is that we'll put it right, go do the work we'll have it done in like a week and put it on the market immediately and sell it uh that way we have no hard money costs uh no monthly payments mm-hmm. and uh uh, it'll be short term again, and uh, you know we just have to come up with the money for the repairs and the down payment.
1: So tell me why you chose to flip this one? Because I know you like to wholesale.
2: Yeah, I don't think that there's that much room to to really uh, wholesale it, and it's such a small rehab that we can do it in seriously like a week. Yeah. And uh I expect that we'll make thirty five, forty thousand dollars on it quickly. I mean, these types of homes, I mean, there's probably when I looked up comps, there were seriously like 20, 25, like almost identical, like thirteen to seventeen hundred square foot homes that are selling in you know, days, like three days, five days, seven days.
1: What's the um, ARV?
2: Two hundred eighty. Two eighty. Nice. Yeah. So um I expect that we'll put it on the market for like two eighty and mm-hmm. uh you know, we'll probably be into it for let's say two twenty and mm-hmm. uh we can sell it. Uh, my acquisition manager's a licensed agent, so we'll only pay three percent. And I think it's pretty good. It would be like a wholesale, but um it's really we're just retailing it. Yeah, yeah, because they are just so
1: okay. Yeah. A little work to do. That's awesome. That's a good deal right there. And well, let's talk about um, how that works then with a reverse mortgage. So, it- I know that if a person has a reverse mortgage on their property, if they move out of the property or they pass away, that that mortgage is now due. Right? It becomes right. due, and they have a certain period of time to pay that. So, you know, the heirs, if you know the, the the person has passed away, they can sell the property, um, but they have to pay that mortgage amount. So how does that work in this kind of deal, Jeff?
2: Exactly the way that you just said it, is that uh, when once the bank finds out that the, the borrower has moved out or has passed away, uh, they will want their money, but they will be workable that they know heirs may, if there's still some equity that they may want to sell it. The bank really just wants to know that it's in the works and that it's being done, that someone's not, you know, basically living in it that shouldn't be living in it for free.
1: Yeah. And, then, and, I, and the point I just wanted to make is that there's just a, there just becomes a time timeframe um, on a reverse mortgage. So it's the same if it wasn't a reverse mortgage, except that when you take it subject to, um, there's going to be a time frame on there. That's correct. Uh, and typically i think they they have to give you at least 6 months and yeah. then for the bank to take the property back they still have to file a default a notice of default and then they have to foreclose on the property so realistically you i mean i've seen a, a year that i followed that yeah a year they literally took a year yeah. uh, before they close before they foreclosed on the property so um, keep that in mind too. If, if you're like worried about, well, I can't get this done in that six month time frame, they still have to file notice of default, wait to three months. And then uh, it might be different in your state, but, um, I think they have to wait three months here after, or no, they have to wait three months of, um, default before they can file a notice of default, I believe.
2: Yeah. But I don't know how it would work on a reverse mortgage, uh, because there's not really a payment that's behind, uh, So they they may be able to file default, but they're certainly going to give you a buffer. And I already have the seller on board as well saying, uh, and really all she's got to do is say, we're we're putting it back on the market. We're going to sell it. And that's exactly what they are doing. It's just us instead of them. So I'm not worried about it at all. And to be honest, by the time they even figure it out, it'll probably be sold.
1: Yeah, yeah. Cool. I love that deal. And I um, hope you do some more of those in the future. Cause I think they're very creative in nature and think about it. Like what if what if a seller wanted to sell their property and you were to work out something where they got a reverse mortgage moved out. So they got like a big uh, chunk of money up front that came through financing almost like um, you know, doing a uh, seller subordination. Right. But, yep. um, what if they could bring in a reverse mortgage so they get a chunk of cash, they move out of the property and then that, and then you, you take it over and, and flip it. Yeah. Know, there's, there's a, I think there's some cool things you could do um, with, with the reverse mortgages. Well, I think
2: most people immediately think that reverse mortgages, uh, you, you can't deal with them in terms of creative financing. You certainly can, it just it's just not long, a long. term. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's not going to last very long
1: yeah love it cool well guys i hope that covers subject two um those are great examples jeff and i love that you're doing um a reverse mortgage because we literally were just talking about yes. this uh with adam hall and um i thought it was really creative when he brought that up um because you know i i even had that uh that notion that oh you can't you can't really do much with a reverse mortgage but that's not true you just can't do anything long term
2: correct so to be short term within six months to a year um what better way to get uh, a deal with no hard money with no payment right uh, exactly uh yes the the balance is accruing but it's yep you know, it's not much and uh you know, this is the kind of quick deal so we're, we're not worried about that but no points no major interest and uh, since it's kind of a it's not really a tight deal but it's not a, a like a major wholesale deal, and that's really the reason why we were able to get it is right. that we're willing to you know buy it, yeah, I love it,
1: cool, well, um guys, if you want to reach us um. <coughs> Couple of ways you can leave us a voicemail or a comment on our hotline, and that phone number is eight seven seven four zero nine eight zero nine zero eight seven seven four zero nine eight zero nine zero. You can also send a text to that number. You can just text uh, Creative Financing or CFP to that number, and it will send you a link for a step by step video that Jeff put together on structuring terms on a single family home. Um, It's a really thorough, well done video that uh, he takes you, you know, from right from his uh, CRM podio and walks you through how he makes offers and how he, and, and the exit strategy. So if you want to get that um, text, the word creative financing or CFP to our hotline number. Um, You can find all of our episodes online, the creative financing We're also on, um, Facebook and YouTube, at the creative financing
2: podcast. Um,
1: any last words, Jeff?
2: Two things. Well, one, that video, I was actually just talking to one of our listeners and he brought up all, he's like, Jeff, could you do a show on literally start to finish? How you come up with these ideas? And I said, yeah, uh, the, we, we have a video. Um, I, have you gotten the video? He's like, what video? And I'm like, you've got to, to just get this. It's free that we're, it's, we're not asking for anything. Uh, I think people that the feedback I've received from it is loved it. And, uh, it will show you literally my thought process from start to finish. And, uh, Plus it's visual, so you'll be able to see stuff rather than just hear it. So uh, no brainer, Uh, just uh, text it to us and get the free video. I I think you'll be very happy that you did. For sure. And then of course that I'm always looking to work with people. We have an apprentice program. We actually have two different programs. Uh, I'm happy to chat with you about either one. Uh, We're looking to work with people all over the country. And uh, no pressure. I'm not trying to sell you anything. Uh, I'm just looking for people that really want to make a difference in their life. So if you're interested, call the hotline. Just say that you're interested in it, and I will call you back.
1: Yep. Awesome, guys. Until next time, create some terms.